Welcome everybody to the Interiors podcast. Today we have with us Lynn Ferrari, who is a creative director for an American publishing company. And she is also the proud owner of an Instagram account uh, detailing her multiple home renovations in Waterford, my old brand new home. Hi there, and welcome to the Interiors podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Neufeld Flanagan, expat and interior designer based in Dublin, Ireland. This show is all about informing and inspiring you, homeowners and renters in Ireland, on all things around property, housing, and home, from self-building to choosing flooring. In each episode, we interview industry experts and homeowners to give you practical advice and the motivation to create and elevate your spaces. Welcome, Lynn. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, what you want to talk about on our homeowner series. So excited to be here. Thanks for uh, inviting me along. I think what's probably useful for people, we're on our second renovation at the moment. Both of our renovations have been in Waterford City. Our first renovation was our first home. We bought that four years ago now. And I guess we were so clueless when we first went into that renovation. We just didn't have a clue what we were doing. We were like just married and we just saw this house. We had only kind of started to look um, at homes and this came up and it was kind of everything we had talked about in terms of like we wanted something with a bit of character and you know old and but that you know kind of was close to the the area we wanted to live in the city it had a nice garden like, yeah we just got a good vibe from it when we saw it online I remember that first night we like couldn't sleep after seeing it on daft we were like <laughs> we need to go see it like no but yeah so we went in, uh, to see it and we ended up in a bidding war and um, but anyway we we got it in the end which was great do tell okay. us a little bit more about the home what you wanted did you buy a Victorian and you wanted to turn it into a 60s modernist space or what What was yeah. the kind of brief? <laughs> so like my dream home would definitely be a period property. Uh, this was a 1950s home and mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of my granny's house in a lovely way. <laughs> yeah. So there was fireplaces in the bedroom and there was, it was just a really, really nice vibe when we went to visit it. It just had like a, at first when you, when you walked in the door, I loved the hallway and, you know, it was a lovely entrance hall. It was quite a warm, welcoming space. And then th- there was actually lots of rooms downstairs when we you know I'll I'll talk about it a little bit longer but you know when we actually started to live there and grow our family it was actually upstairs that you know became the issue for us there wasn't enough upstairs space but yeah so we wanted to retain the character that was there but I guess put our own stamp on it and there was things obviously to fix up to make it kind of livable for us so when we bought it we were actually um living in Dumour East at the time uh so we could stay there which was great and we were able to renovate phase one renovate before we moved in and um, how many beds and square meters was this? Yeah. Just to get an idea. So it was 160 uh, mm-hmm. square meters and it was, so there was three bedrooms upstairs and then there was a little extension done probably in the, the 80s or 90s at the side mm-hmm. of the house. And that was technically another bedroom, but that became my office for a while and then like a little playroom. But that, so, okay. yeah, I guess three to four bedrooms and then we renovated the attic into a loft. So there was awesome. an, another room there. I guess split into two phases. The first phase, we weren't living there, which was, pretty handy and again as I said we were so clueless we had just been like oh we'll we'll put floors down and paint it and it would be beautiful first thing we did was actually go into to get floors we actually used Jonathan in the floor gallery who's in Waterford and they were great to deal with but they came in and started laying floors for us the floors were actually quite uneven so they actually ended up having a bigger job to do anyway we we laid our floors and we had booked plasters in to redo the steppling to that awful type of plastering that's like really lumpy I hate it yeah yeah and yeah so we had, looks like paper mache exactly yeah so we were like that needs to die and um, so we got somebody to come in to do that but there was actually wallpaper in on most of the ceilings. Okay. Which 
can be cool now, but it definitely was hiding something. Um, and yeah. so when we took down the wallpaper, the the ceilings were in pretty bad nick. So we had to get though. You know, it, they look worse than they are. You know, for as a first uh, time buyer, we were like, oh my god, what is that? But actually, a lot of the times these cracks and stuff can be fixed. The houses are quite solid, and although it looks bad, it's you know, it's it's not a that wasn't a big job, I guess, which was good. Yeah. But we got all the ceilings um, replastered and kind of fixed up and that stippling gone. Um, I'm pretty sure it's called stippling, but anyway, whatever that is. <laughs> and then we we were like, okay, we'll, we'll get a new kitchen. And so we got a carpenter in, but we set a new kitchen. We were going to try work with what we had. The carcass of the kitchen and the layout kind of worked for us. So we're like, we'll try use to be sustainable as well, but as much as yeah. we could with the old uh, kitchen. And when our carpenter came in and started ripping off things like tiles and stuff, we undercut we uncovered like really bad fire damage behind the walls Ooh. with live wires and burnt wires and it was just <gasps> really scary and it was it was pretty bad so that all had to be fixed we were we were actually lucky that we decided to go ahead and fix the kitchen because we mightn't have found that and you know it was all yeah. connected to the oven etc so um yeah that was a kind of a lucky find in a way we we kept the carcass and we got you know new doors we just got shaker doors got them sprayed uh, got a new oak countertop and we yeah got like tiles and stuff and that really like brought the house alive that was the first room that was finished and we were like oh it's done um but obviously very far away from being done but it just gave, gave us that buzz which is great I always feel when you get your kitchen done you're kind of you feel good about everything and yeah that's always and one quick question like with this kind of fire damage and the the stuff in the ceiling when you bought the house, was it like in seemingly good condition or you kind of knew it was a fixer upper? So we knew it was a fixer upper. So as I said, mm. like we were clueless. We did get an engineer report like you you always get yeah. with buying um, a house that kind of bank re- requires it now, especially with a, with an old house. So we did get our engineer report and like like looking back now, the engineer report was just like, there was so many things flagged with it. They always feel a little, I always think the engineer reports feel a little bit worse than they are. They have to put down everything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like legally they have to put everything they see or whatever. Yeah. In a way, we kind of knew there was stuff to be done with it, but we, we didn't really mind a lot of quirks and stuff that were being flagged in the engineer report. You know, like that's what you get with old houses. Like they're never going to be perfect. But there was a lot of things that were higgledy-piggledy with like, you know, the electrics <laughs> and stuff that we ended up having to fix and, you know, the plumbing and stuff like that. But we we knew it was a uh, fixer-upper. But as I said, I don't really think we understood the extent. And as well as that, there's only certain things that an engineer report can tell because it's all done sure. by the eye. So it's just from them like viewing the house and they don't actually, you know, go deep into the walls or they're not able to actually like do a, you know, a, a structural. And this is this like is different from a, the surveyor, right? This is a, a step deeper. Yeah, this is an engineer that comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so we did know it was a fixer-upper, but to the extent, um, yeah, we didn't know what, what extent we were we were getting into. But so what else did we do then? So I guess our carpenter kind of, you know, there was other little things. But in general, that was the kind of main, you know, the, we got it painted. That was it. Sorry. So it felt really fresh and new. And, and then how moved, long did all that take? That took, we bought in May. We moved in in September. So okay, wow. about four months. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, was there anything else? I think that was the kind of main things we did at the start. Uh, then we lived in it for a while. And we I think the, the second phase of the renovation actually turned out to be bigger because we were getting our attic converted. And when we yeah. were getting our attic converted, we realized we needed to get a whole new roof. And <gasps> yeah, oh, no. so like all the felt in the roof was like gone and old and like like deteriorated. And then it turns out, so when you want to... It, we had to use the same tiles or else we would have had to get planning permission to change them. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. 
So our, uh, we ended up using a contractor and we actually still use him now, which is great. His name's Paul Walsh. And um, he did the second phase of our renovation. And it was great because the first one, we were trying to pull all these people together ourselves. And, you know, that's kind of really time consuming and hard to do. And um, where he was great, he was able to like get all these people for us um, and sort it all out. It was like a one-stop shop, which was brilliant. He was able to source the tiles for us. I think they came from Belfast. We had like scaffolding up for like two weeks. I was heavily pregnant. It was like really hard to live in the house. I guess for that one it was like oh and and we were also getting our so we're getting the attic converted the house was extended on twice over its history it was extended to the side which is where there was like a side entrance there was that office slash bedroom place I was telling you about and then there was a shower and utility so this This extension, though, um, was only one brick deep and there was kind of no insulation really in it. It was just, you know, kind of thrown up, I guess. And so he had to line the walls from the outside and there was a lot of damp that had penetrated from the utility and the shower room. So we had to dry the walls out. It ended up being a bit of a bigger job. We thought like, oh, we'll just get that retiled and it would look Mm. fabulous with a new shower and it'd be fine but when everything started coming off we started like to uncover I guess a lot more issues so at any point as you were doing that did they did they ever say something like you know you might as well rebuild the extension or was that not an option that was an option yeah that was an option but I guess Paul was great. He was kind of like, that is an option, but I don't think we need to do it. He was like, I think, you know, this is what he suggested. It was the the best solution, I guess, and the most cost effective solution. So, yeah, we were confident to just go with what he thought. And it worked out great in the end. It looked looked great and everything worked great. And, you know, so it, it ended up being the right way to go. Then I guess. I, I skipped a beat, but the first winter we had, we had a really bad leak in the that same extension. That's what introduced us to Paul at the time. He was, we got him in to kind of help with that. And he replaced that roof first, which was like a, the the extension roof. And um, so both roofs had to be replaced over our time there in like two or three years. And um, so, yeah, there was a good bit of work in terms of that. It was always new things just like popping up like that. But I mean, as I said, that is just old houses. And um, yeah, it, they're going to be passion projects there's always going to be something wrong with them like you kind of have to I mean unless you just absolutely gut it and redo it from the inside you know which is very expensive and so how did you budget for a lot of these things did you have a good idea of the total renovation cost and what you wanted to do when you bought the house or and how did that work in the mortgage tell us a little bit more about that yeah, not a clue. Um, so <laughs> I guess we had a little bit of savings for the first okay. for the first phase, I guess I want to call it. And I guess we had a little bit of savings and then a tiny bit of family helped kind of push us over um, the line. Mm-hmm. And then the second phase, we had an idea from talking with Paul. Not for some of it, not for like, you know, the surprises that came along, but yeah. we had an idea. And um, so we were able to save up and work towards just like putting money aside, etc., just to, to cover that cost. And it's really hard to get extra money from a bank for this and within a mortgage, unless mm. you go for a home improvement loan. I think you can get it. Okay. Six- thousand with a home improvement loan but it's really hard to get it as part of your mortgage and since after obviously the property crash (laughs) I mean I'm sure there is some cases where people have got it but it is we we didn't bother going down that route Um, and we actually never got that home improvement loan either but that is there up to 60,000. And how come you didn't go for it was it just like the hassle and you were able to phase it out and save or is it particularly difficult to get? I think it was just we had it in our back pocket if we needed it Um, yeah okay yeah yeah and what would you, so phase two, you do, you're living there and you do an attic extension, you do a new roof, 
you have to fix everything that's going on with the old extensions because of leaks and damp and not enough heat. And so, and was there anything else you did at that point? No. So at that point, then I had a baby (laughs) and and lockdown happened. That was the first, like we literally got everything finished in February, 2020. um, Wow. Just before lockdown happened. So yeah. And then I had Farah, my little girl. And then we were in that baby bubble and I got um, pregnant then <laughs> when she was six <laughs> months old. So oh God. at that point then we were like, okay, we're growing out of this house. And it was more mm-hmm. than I said, it was the upstairs. Downstairs, we had lots of room, but upstairs, the my, like I'm from Dublin and my parents come down a lot, which is great. But my dad is like six foot six and he was like going up <laughs> to that loft bedroom, which we had to get a space saver stairs. We couldn't get like a, an a, like a, you know, like an actual stairs that a lot of people get up for an attic conversion. We couldn't get that because of the way the rooms were. There was a, quite a small landing. And we didn't yeah. want to take away from any of the bedrooms. We had to get what's called a, a space saver stairs. I think it's also called a French stairs. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was tight, say for a six foot six man. And um, you know, so it was just and then obviously we were like we turned one of our bedrooms, the smallest box room, into a wardrobe because at the time we were like, you know, just a, a couple, we weren't even thinking about kids, and that's what was our needs at the time. <laughs> and so, then you had Irish twins. <laughs> yeah, we had Irish twins, yeah, just about. So um we were like, okay, we can either extend and we had the room, the back garden was quite big. Uh we okay, had the room, okay. but we had kind of put everything we caught I think into the house that stage and we would have been re- redoing a lot of the work which felt like such a waste of like materials yeah. and just felt like we couldn't really do that so we decided to just like keep an open mind and have a look um, and okay. so there the only thing was we were like okay look we're not going to jump at anything it has to be right we said we would like a five bed detached house but in the same-ish area and um, oh my god thinking about that living in Dublin is amazing <laughs> I know, you know, yeah, I know. And I'm I come from Dublin, so I totally get it. It's like, yeah. yeah. So uh yeah, we wanted a five bed detached, like like walking distance to the city and mm. you know, just same areas I said, and then yeah. ideally the guest room downstairs for my parents. That was like okay. would be a plus. And so there was like one other house we were looking at that didn't kind of work out. And then there was like an old, beautiful old period home we were looking at, and I ended up like going like you know, obsessive about all those kind of grant <laughs> grants you can get from the historical society and oh, yeah. all those kind of things just to do it up. But, you know, if it was just me and Dan, I think we probably would have taken a, a jump at that. But, you know, yeah. it didn't seem like the right time with two babies. And mm, um, yeah, it was literally just before I had Jonah, this house came up and um, our auctioneer had kind of said to us, Pammers, they were great. They were like, look, there's one after coming up. Uh, we think you'd, like, it would really suit you. Have a look at it. And I remember seeing it online and be like, no, I could never see myself in a bungalow. Like I just could. I was like, no. And we were like, oh, look, you know, we'll, we'll just go see it because it is a beautiful road and it does actually tick all the boxes in that way. So we'll just go see yeah. it. And it was so weird when we drove up, we were just like instantly surprised and we came to the door and we got them same feelings that we got on the last house. It just felt mm. like, you know, it just felt right where some of the other houses that we were looking at felt like more of a risk this one didn't and yeah. um, which was good it felt like a really good family home and it was a family home for years and you know even just driving up to the road it's quite a leafy road and um, you know and it's all just like single detached houses they say buy the smallest house on the on the nicest road don't they I think that's what we did <laughs> we're definitely <laughs> the smallest house on this road but um yeah it, it's just it's it had a really good a really good like nice welcome vibe but we were just like yeah we, we I was like I actually really like it I couldn't believe it um, and we went in and again it just like it's like a it's like a magic house and you walk 
walk in, it looks way smaller on the outside than it yeah. does on the inside because it is technically a, a dormer, I guess. But the upstairs mm-hmm. is, is quite spacious. There's four bedrooms up there. Um, wow. Yeah, there's four bedrooms and there is a toilet and then all the eaves have attic space. So there's so much storage, cool. which is obviously great. And we ended up going sale agreed in like June, I think. And we didn't move in till the end of October, start of November. It was long. And this is 2021, right? This is, yeah, last year, 2021. So you went sale agreed then and then you didn't move in until October? Yeah, well, November, I guess. It was, it was okay. very, very end of October 31st, yeah. And why um, the delay? You were doing some of the initial works? No, that's when we got the keys. There was just a, it was oh, a probate. God. It was a long line of things that they had to fix within the probate. And it's not just like the house that can get done. It had to be everything else in the will had to be done. So it, mm-hmm. it just took way longer um, than expected. But I think people always think it's really like you'll go sail a reel and you'll get the house in two months. Like these things can just drag on. I'm married to a solicitor. So I just, <laughs> I just, yeah, this is just how it goes. So we, we were okay though. Cause I had, obviously we had Jonah and it was nice to kind of bring him home to a space we knew and stuff like that. Yeah. So then we kind of were in no rush. Um, but again, we got our engineer report and we were like, Whoa. but we took a little step back. And actually when you go through it, it was kind of stuff that we knew we could, we could do. Yeah. And the main things were like the attic needed to be insulated, the roof above the garage, which there was a bedroom on top of that, that needed a fire and um, safety roof put in or ceiling and um, mm. so the what else was the main things I guess the windows they were all like single glazed teak okay. windows and um, cold yeah. but cool <laughs> cold. yeah exactly cold but cool so they all had to be replaced the front door had to be replaced the garage door you know things just to keep the heat in basically but yeah it, the thing about this house is a lot of 70s bungalows they weren't designed very well this house mm. is actually designed by an architect and you okay, can, cool. you can, it wasn't from the bungalow bliss book no it wasn't yeah so <laughs> and you can actually tell that about the house like there's huge windows absolutely ginormous windows there's so much light the, the sun actually follows the house around there's a sunroom at the back that has like the most gorgeous you know you see the sunset in the evening it's it's actually in terms of light and um space it was laid out pretty well and um, mm-hmm. the, the only thing is i think you know for us it works for us perfectly now with two babies, which is great. So, you know, we're going to live in it and just suss it out for a couple of years. Like, I, you know, I, I know we've talked about this before. I've told you kind of my stance. On it. Like, I don't think you have to go smashing walls to make a house you're proud of. You know, it, it can mm-hmm. be super expensive to do that and put people under a lot of pressure. And um, so I think if you buy a house with that in mind, like, you know, and I guess people are, aren't are always like lucky to find a house that ticks all the boxes and the layout works for them and they have to think it's yeah. in a box. And, you know, that's a whole other ball game. But for us, when we saw the house, the layout, like, it did make sense for us it wasn't you know weird little corridors you know it's it is kind of it, you know we couldn't think of ways to improve it initially the only thing we'd like to do is maybe down the line knock between the sunroom and the kitchen and create some sort of nice kind of architectural feature at the back um, yeah. but as I said we're not rushing into that upstairs is fine as well for us at the moment but there's no bathroom upstairs just a toilet and um, so mm-hmm. when, our, when our kids get a bit older that probably will become you know a bit of an issue so that's something we may need to fix as well but I'm quite enjoying just like living in the house and like we don't plan on moving for a few years and um, so yeah. <laughs> just seeing what our needs are and you know like not rushing into to to renovating I think with our last house we did it all and then said oh we didn't realize that it's not that expensive to knock an internal wall you know like at the time we were like oh we couldn't afford that but actually we should have knocked between the kitchen and dining room and created a square open plan living space because it was actually you in the last house and it was 
cool when we first bought it but actually when we started to have kids and they could hide around corners it was like where are you <laughs> like yeah so okay um, so so some of the learnings yeah you you approach the second house and you you have all this experience under your belt you have a general contract that you trust and like so what what would you say are some of the big learnings from renovation one like what would you have done differently one was this knocking internal walls what else i guess so we just learned the importance of getting like the foundations right like your heating yeah. your plumbing your insulation like kind of the boring stuff but yeah. the super important stuff so that i guess is the things we're kind of concentrating on here we ended up getting floors put down here because there was carpet everywhere and yeah. it just like when my little boy was born he did have like a little respiratory thing and it just i don't know it just felt a bit ugh. it was just like yeah blue carpet everywhere and um, so we did get new floors put in throughout the house but that was I guess we might have rushed that um but it just felt like a necessity at the time so yeah like what we're concentrating on now I guess is we aren't I mean you've talked about this but we aren't going to go through a full retrofit the SEAI are releasing kind of a one-stop shop they're calling it um yeah. retrofit I think it's coming out this month in March I was speaking to someone there this week and they said they're waiting for a list of registered contractors to put on their website we're not going to go with the with the full retrofit purely because like our house is pretty big. It's 260. Oh, wow. So it is. Yeah. But if we were to do the full retrofit, like we'd be looking at over 100 grand just because we are also yeah. our, our BEOR rating at the moment is E2. And we have okay. to we'd have to get it up to a B3. Before we bought the house, we actually got a BEOR report as well. Um, mm-hmm. Advisory report, which is really helpful. But just talking to a couple of experts in this, we were talking to there's a guy that does our, our oil and our heaters. And he's just like a pro of boilers. He does all the old houses around Tipperary and Cork uh, and Waterford. He deals with like a lot of period properties. And he was saying for us, our main source of like heat escape is obviously our windows. Like you can actually feel a draft. Yeah. He said, this house is actually built so solid, it's brick. And he said, obviously, the attic insulation. He said, if you got your attic insulated and you got your windows, that'll be like 90 to 95% of your wow. heat source. So that's what we're going to concentrate on. We ordered our new windows. So we're going to go for single grant. There's a couple of ones you can go for with the single grant. The ones we're going for is heating controls. So at the moment, our heating and our water is all on one system so we need to get those split so the water and the heating are are two different ones and also then zoning which would be great because obviously then it will help you know we won't waste so much oil i couldn't get over the cost of oil we moved in in november we got a thousand year worth of oil and by january it was gone wow yeah Um, and in the full retrofits you're you're changing from a gas system to an air to water right exactly yeah exactly okay yeah yeah Uh, and actually our boiler we thought we'd need to get a new boiler but the boiler is solid that all it all Mm -hmm. works fine it's just it's just that we have to have the heating on so much with two kids as well and it was literally just the house would heat up really well but the minute we turned it off it would just escape out the windows (laughs) so and you can literally feel a breeze like all of the opening it doesn't fully close because over years like you know with the expanding and extracting of like water heat and everything it's all buckling and so anyway if we the windows will be great but there's no grant for windows and doors that is part of the the main the 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 main retro so you have the heating controls what what are the others heating controls we're going to get the attic insulation I think there's up to 1500 you can get back on the attic insulation there's 700 you can get back on the heating controls and there's 1700 I believe this is for a detached property for Mm -hmm. apartments and stuff it's it's a different price Um, and then for uh, we're going to hopefully get then the the walls either pumped or wrapped 
on the outside. We we just need to look into that a little bit more. We only have been talking about that one the last week or two. We were, we were going back over our engineer report and that was one of the, the advices that the walls do have cavities so they could be pumped. Um, mm. so yeah, that's something I haven't fully looked into or, t- or talked to anyone about, but that's something that we would hopefully get done as well. So there's three of them that we're looking to get done. Um, cool. Yeah. And then you're just, you, and you're also changing all the windows and doors yourself. Yes. Yeah. We're changing yeah. all the windows and doors. Yeah, they're all ordered. We're hopefully going to have them by April, but who oh, knows? Exciting. Everything is just taking months. But yeah, that's that's the plan, hopefully. Yeah. But they're ordered, contracts are signed. So yeah. You know, it all seems like such a natural progression that makes sense as you tell us all this. But like how I feel like, you know, and we haven't even done that much work on this house because it was a new build. I would feel so emotionally attached to that first project. I'd find it really hard to move on until it really became obvious we needed more space. And I know you had the two kids, but it seems like a hectic time to yeah. be like, all right, let's do this again. So tell us a little bit more about that because I think it's kind of exciting and empowering to be like, well, you can do that and people do that and it can be profitable. So tell us yeah. a bit about that decision-making process and any stats you want to throw away. When we decided we could either extend or um, remortgage was our option for that. Uh, we were gonna, okay. We we're going to remortgage. For our first mortgage and for this mortgage, we never got our full capacity, which was like, I guess, living in Waterford, we had, um, you know, there was great, it was good. Va- now, the, the price in Waterford have gone up a lot, yeah. but in terms of like value for money, in comparison to Dublin, you know, it was, we didn't need to, which was great, which gave us that bit of room to be able to save and stuff to do the renovation. Yeah. But we, when we decided it was either extending or to move on, our friend, I guess we we're talking to multiple people, but a friend of ours is, a, is an auctioneer and he kind of said, look, you, you would definitely make your money back on the money you put into the renovation and then some hopefully. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like we just, we figured at that time, if we could get, I guess, the equity that we would we'd have from the first house we would be able to put that into I guess a bigger house which was which is a simple way for people to go with the property, property ladder in terms of that but I guess easier said than done but it, it was a good time for us because the property prices were rising and mm-hmm. um, I, I still feel like so we paid 450 I think thousand for this house but the houses around this road do go for more so mm-hmm. we knew that if we put the money into it even though it was a crazy time you know like that's I think people can get like I know caught up in the whole I think prices have just gone crazy crazy yeah people are waiting for it to come down but yeah it's not gonna (laughs) no and then even like if you need a house you need a house like what do you do you know so but it is it's it's kind of scary because then you're thinking like is it going to crash is my money like you know is my house going to be negative equity like what's going to happen but we kind of had the confidence that if we could put money into it we could either retain the value or increase the value you know which was good based on the 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 price of houses that had sold in this area in general where our last road we figured if we put a certain amount of money into it, we might end up, like if we extended, we pro- probably wouldn't make our money back because houses on that road and like semi D's on that road will only ever mm. go for a certain amount of money, even with okay. a big extension. So financially, it just didn't seem like it'd be a, a good idea unless we were going to stay there forever and we didn't see ourselves there forever. Yeah. So that's how we decided to go, I guess. And then we bought our first house for two, nine. 290 I think something like that like it was yeah. 292 or 292 I'm saying 292 but maybe it was 291 but anyway and we sold it for 360 and then we'd obviously paid off some of our mortgages as well which is great so we were able to buy this house and have some money left over for the start of our renovation which was great then obviously keep it in mind you paid 10% deposit in the first house and we were able to pay a 20% deposit for this one and then your stamp duty is a little bit higher 
but that was able to be covered in the cost. It was great for us. We were like, that's brilliant. We got a bigger house and didn't have to put any money into it, you know? Yeah. Now we had a better idea of costs, right? Of like what renovating you were like, okay, the attic extension cost is that we need a contingency for more scary things like last time, et cetera. And, and you could probably understand the engineer's report this time. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Were there any scary things? Like what was the original plan for the renovation and where did it end up at? Were there any nasty surprises? How, well, or, I guess you're still in the middle of it. <laughs> we are definitely still, we're only, I feel like we're only starting it. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, to be honest, anyone that comes to work in this, like this house is actually built really well. Mm. Like the original owners, so they did get an architect design it, which is great back in the seventies, but they also didn't like scrimp on finishes, which is quite nice. Yeah. Like, you know, solid wood kitchen, which we're going to try to use as much as we can. And um, cool. Cause down the line, maybe we'd like, as I said, knock those walls. So just to not, you know, blow a load of money. So we're going to use this, the solid wood. Now saying that, like, we are going to paint it. I know wood's lovely, but we are going to paint it, have a, mm. a plan for that. We did pay for new countertops, um, just to give people an idea. So we we're going for a granite countertop. I really wanted a concrete, but it just wasn't working out in terms of price. It was just going crazy, you know, and it's like, this is not our dream kitchen. It's going to be a beautiful kitchen for years to come but I was like yeah. it just felt like it was it could be a bit of a waste so we're going for a granite worktop and it's about three and a half thousand and then we're going to get you know nice tiles and paint it and it's going to I guess it's going to feel new which is great mm-hmm. the only just to say the only rooms we didn't get windows are the kitchen and that sunroom it just felt like if we were to go and do a renovation or an extension that it would be such a waste of windows so we yeah. didn't we didn't get them things that we did was we bought like thermal we, we bought curtains and thermal lined them for okay. the um for the sunroom that really helps at night and it kind of holds the heat in um, and then we have we, which we're, we still have to do we bought it but you know it's just one of these things you keep in like we have to go out and seal all the windows but you can seal all the windows yourself it's like this putty that goes into to all the cracks um, oh, and yeah. just seals all the drafts so that should help a lot and then we'll just see I mean we were surprised at how I guess I was surprised at the co- the cost of the windows. I thought we thought they were going to be a lot more. And um, oh, okay, yeah. So they're about twelve and a half thousand for all of our windows, and that includes a composite double front door um, and a back door. We're only getting a PVC back door now because that could be part of the the renovation down the line or the extension down the line. Yeah. Who knows? But and uh, the windows are PVC double glazed, right? You, you yes, told me exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we cool. we didn't go with triple glazed. People could be like, "You're crazy!" Like. They might disagree, whatever. I did, just didn't feel like we needed them. You know, yeah. in like Ireland, Irish climate, like double glaze, these ones are so well made. Like they were going through yeah. the spec and stuff and they're going through the spec of the, the two of them. And I, I just felt like the double, the way the double glaze are made now is, you know, so strong. It's a solid and it's like, yeah, just, we just didn't feel like we needed the triple glaze. And I like that you got them in black because that can be kind of forgiving on the material because a lot of times black windows are aluminium or clad. Yes, yeah, so exactly. It, it's like, yeah, yeah. Secret, that's, secret PVC. That was the little thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. And yeah. um, I guess like a lot of times when people buy these houses that are older, the first thing is let's modernize it, everything open plan. But I, what you've done is you kind of approach things a little more gently and like are qu- a lot more patient with it. So is there kind of some advice to be given there of waiting before you do certain things and living a few years in spaces? I guess it depends on your needs or 
how much the house can give you if you get me like if this house was higgledy piggledy the rooms didn't flow right for us it was really dark I think darkness is the main thing for me like I just need bright faces and so I think yeah like if if there was lots of things like that like if as I said like if it was dark if there wasn't enough rooms if it was weird little small corridors I probably would have you know maybe looked at doing something sooner rather than later but even if we did do an extension or you know something I don't think I'd change much of the house do you know like okay. the rooms yeah. are all big and they all have really big windows like the yeah like you can't see it here but like it's pretty much the window most of the windows are the full length of the walls uh, in the front of the house lots yeah. of lights so like there's not much I changed the only thing like I think it would be nice to to kind of create that family open plan spacing you know which sure. and the garden is you know private and it's mature and it would be nice to have some sort of architecturally designed piece at the back you know just in that way to like you know make it unique yeah but I, I like I just like with our last house say like and I remember our friends coming in to see it when we first bought it and it just looked awful and they were like what have you bought like just they couldn't see it like but you know and, and I'm lucky my husband's the same like we just we know how much paint can change things and like yeah how much picking the right furniture or picking the right soft furnishings or that kind of thing tiles and how much that can make a house feel unique and and modern or whatever it may you want it to be so I guess yeah like the power of interior design not needing to to spend a fortune on knocking yeah. windows and walls and stuff that was something we just we didn't do in our last house we didn't feel the need to do it in this house we probably will down the line do something as I said like as our kids grow our needs will become different we don't know what those needs are we don't know you know never had older kids before obviously it just makes sense to us to wait you know as as they're babies it works for us as I said now so yeah like we would we would love it and if people do have the money to do it I'm like go for it it's not it's not like I'm like you know don't do it it's obviously it, it can be so cool my you know I love old houses that have you know you come through like an old cottage and at the back it's a beautiful modern extension yeah. I love meshing the old and the new I'm all for that down the line for us definitely but it just it, when it makes sense or when a lot of it made sense was it just what a lot of the house made sense was it didn't make sense to start knocking walls yeah and also it's not just um a money thing but it's your time and energy it would yeah. be really hard to have a toddler and the newborn while overseeing a project yeah. and having to continue to live in the other house at the same time so you can't yeah. live there and you'd have to live somewhere else yeah. so it, there's a practicality to it as well and it's funny because before we moved in when we went sale agreed our plan before we moved in was always straight away knock between the kitchen and sunroom like before we moved in but it wasn't until mm. we got in and about we actually moved in and I was like so sick I had like a three-month-old baby and a 15-month-old baby or something oh my god and it was just it was just mayhem so at the time we were like we're not doing anything we're literally just like living here for a month or two and just like not doing anything like usually we'd like be like well, what can we do now it was just like no yeah and it was only then when we gave ourselves that like breath um, and that room to breathe that we were like actually this isn't too bad it's kind of working for us like we don't hate the kitchen as much as we thought we'd hate the kitchen and you know little things like started being like oh no it's actually now there's an avocado green 70s bathroom that's like (laughs) weirdly growing on us and I can't believe it because when we first saw it I actually thought we were gonna like actually vomit on the floor like it was just (laughs) so offensive to the eye but like it's so funny when you just you're like oh we know it's not forever and we will change at some point but it's kind of like yeah 
that is so far down the line of like things that we need to do um, but it's funny because we had um, actually uh, Lorraine the painter who's painting the house for us she does all like hand painted kitchens and all she's amazingly t- talented but she was in the bathroom and she was saying they don't make bathrooms like this anymore all of it is really good ceramic like I said the owners just had a good eye for you know not yeah. scrimping on, on materials um, yeah. so we're going to try and make that bathroom work and just kind of have fun with it like as I said, while the kids are young, like Farah, my little girl, thinks it's amazing. It's so green. And like, you, you, we, we're going to change like the splashback, you know, like little things that we can do to revamp it a little bit, like nice uh, wall lights and nice mirrors. And you'd be so surprised at what you can do to a room, you know, with it, yeah. a, little, a little eye for details. It seems so, like yeah. the way to to avoid like a full gut out renovation and potentially avoid the costs of that and the energy of that is to really optimize the property search. And I think you, you'd mentioned yeah. like the two things that kept you from having to do these big, m- more expensive renovations was there being good light and enough room. And I think that's really important. And obviously you were buying in Waterford, which is a little less under pressure than Dublin. What, what do you think you would look for if you were buying in Dublin? So if we we're buying in Dublin, so I grew up in Port Marnock and then my parents mm-hmm. uh, moved to Dunabate, and when I was like, 19 I think and I love those areas but I always wanted to be closer to the city and even in Waterford we're quite close to the city but so I'd definitely be looking closer to the city but I wouldn't be looking at kind of the top postcodes I think you can get better value for your money in probably kind of some of the kind of areas that are being regenerated god I know Dublin is just so difficult but I guess yeah it would it probably would be a doer up or it wouldn't be a new build even though I have friends that have got such good value with some new some really nice new builds on the yeah. to Malahide and stuff and there, there there still is good value there if you're lucky so I guess we would have been happy with a three to four bedroomed some sort of a garden but as I said I think I think mainly looking outside the box mm. and not kind of going for those top postcodes they're obviously you know the dream if you can afford it but I, I you know just in terms of what we probably would have been able to get yeah definitely just thinking outside the box into some of the other kind of up-and-coming areas I call them yeah I think that's good advice especially the way things are going now yeah. so to kind of bring us to a close I'd love for you to share like what have been your biggest takeaways from the renovation you talked about doing the foundations right the heating the plumbing insulation but not necessarily going crazy on insulating and thinking you have to rip everything open. I like that you're finding a little bit more, you know, uh, out of the box solutions like wrapping the walls from the exterior and doing the attic. Then what are some of the next things you'd want people to prioritize? Like if, if your best friend's like, okay, Lynn, I got my house and what what's my plan for my renovation? Where do I start? Yeah, I guess I'd always say go to your either engineer report or go to mm-hmm. your uh, BEOR advisory report. So probably the BEOR advisory report is a handy one in terms of like energy efficiency. They, they actually mark it in terms of moderate, mild and high cost. They actually mark okay, it cool. for you. So it's things oh, you can handy. Yeah. So you can you can break it down so you can make sure to tick off all the, the low cost ones. You know, they're ones that you can probably just make sure that they're done. They're probably things you can maybe do yourself if you're in any way handy. And then it's tackling the bigger ones as you go. But as I said, like they're obviously going to tell you everything that will get it up to like an A rating. You know, so sure. it's, it's, it's kind of picking the ones that make the most sense for you like we have a fireplace I think I told you about this before I love our fireplace it's a beautiful marble I love it oh I love it it's so funky I love a fire but obviously that's a bad 
source for heat escaping. So we need to decide what we want to do with that. And I, I, we had a stove in our last house actually, which is really nice. But we also had a fire in one of the other rooms. Mm. But I just don't think that fireplace. I think we'd lose all of the visual beautifulness of that fireplace if we put a stove in there. And I just like that traditional. The only thing I think we we can think about doing is maybe closing it up. Unfortunately, but like saving that look and that yeah. you know the, the visual of it, and um, but obviously yeah. making it more energy efficient. So it's picking the things and choosing what makes sense for you. Like that will probably be the last thing we did. We might get one more winter out of this lovely fire. <laughs> Your report will help guide you, but it's speaking to contractors, speaking to experts in this field that will kind of help guide you as well. As yeah. I said, it was the guy that services our boiler. My husband's father has been using it for years. My husband's mm. house is a very old period property. It's beautiful, but they have like an aga that heats the house. Um, and <laughs> he this this guy has been doing it, as I said, in, in, in lots of properties. So he was a great source to kind of help guide us. It's just speaking to the right people and picking the things that make the most sense for you. But I guess insulation, finding the places where your heat is escaping and starting there. Like you can, I actually think there's some, now this is it's probably a lot of money and we never got it, but I think there is a company that comes in and maps out where your heat is escaping, like a visual Oh map yeah, they is. fill, don't they, they have to do the thing with like, they seal it and then the air. Yeah, you see yeah. it on the shows. Yeah. Yes. They see where yeah. the air is escaping. We literally just went around like feeling where the air was coming. And <laughs> um, but like as I said, it, it was the doors. It was you know you can yeah. you can you can even see like the the our room above our garage is we've turned that kind of into a wardrobe at the moment because it just it that was the one that was we had to get the floor redone like a fire safety yeah. floor. But there's such a breeze in that room, you know, like the doors mm-hmm. will always just swing open. So yeah, like just. I guess, and that's what's helpful about living in a home before you start tackling these yes. things. We could, we you could know, immediately when it's cold. Immediately, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't exactly. have to guess. And no. I a hundred percent agree with that because we made decisions about like this. This is a new build, so it came with tons of stuff that it, it was lacking. Tons of storage and character and things. And I would have put so much more storage than yeah. uh, than we actually did. So I think you should definitely live places to to make big decisions for built-in. Like for example, you turned that box room into a built-in closet, but it, you know, you, it could have been maybe useful for the kids. Okay. So to recap foundations, including heat plumbing, insulation, BR report, engineers report, speaking to experts. Then what about general contractor? Like when is it useful to hire one like you did in phase two of the first renovation? Um, or is it always useful to, or when is it okay to DIY it? It really depends on what your capabilities are in terms of DIY. Yeah. I would be all for like DIY interiors, like painting and you yeah. know building stuff. Like that's fine. But I think with the the crux of the home, I think you should probably go to experts. I would yeah. say well, that's how we kind of would see it. It depends on how much work you want to get done. But I like just from how we did the first phase of our first home and we had to pull all the people in separately. And it just was, you know, and as well, we didn't really know what we needed certain people for. Where I, I I can't really see how it wouldn't make sense if you're getting a you know a good bit of work done to not work with a contractor. If you're looking to get go down the route of the SCII grants, they have obviously registered contractors. So okay, if cool. you're talking to a contractor, just check with him to make sure he is. Oh, but great! I think, I, I think they, they you can insert their contractor number on the the website and just check if they're oh uh, awesome or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, but I think it, it definitely helps. They know who to pull in, when to when to pull in is also another thing. We're doing our kitchen renovation and we're doing that ourselves in terms of like, you know, getting all the different people to do it. And it's funny, you're like, so what do we do? Does the counter go down first? And then when do the, t-? you know, it's, it's, 
it's kind of starts to it, it would have been easier if someone was just doing it for us to know when these things happen um, and yeah. in case you kind of mistakenly put something down first and they're like oh you should have waited um, and yeah. so yeah I think it, when you can and when it makes sense I would absolutely say go for a contractor it just makes Amazing. life so much easier yeah and so then from the budget like your initial budget for your first renovation is going to be dictated by like the most urgent things with heat plumbing and insulation yeah and whatever the the general contractor then prices out of like you're like well what would it cost to make this kitchen open plan blah 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 and then do you move on to you know soft furnishings and more aesthetic cosmetic things afterwards or do you wait a while what would you recommend yeah I would say paint can just change the whole like feeling of your house and it's so reversible so reversible so even if like you added an extension and that black kitchen didn't work anymore you could undo it Yes, absolutely. Mm. I would say like with our last house, and I think it was a really good um, idea at the time. And I, I like, I, I start when I first went in, we ended up getting mo- like I'd say 90% of a painted white. And it was purely to fix up the cracks in the walls and see what canvas we had to work with. And then we added color ourselves. Mm. So like we got I like that professional to to paint it all white so it was like perfect the walls were skimmed if they needed to be and um, you know any cracks and stuff were filled yeah and then as I said as we went along we we were able to kind of put our own stamp on it but that was definitely a good uh way to go with our first one with this one I'm a bit more confident I guess so I'm I'm adding a bit more color but yeah like I would still for anyone buying a first time home I would say painting it white was definitely still a good, a good mm, I like yeah. that yeah. yeah. And also because sometimes all you can see is like the hideous wallpaper or like the the pine. And then and then you all you can think of is like, oh, it'll look so cool and navy. But then you paint it white and you're like, oh, my God, absolutely not. Because you, yeah. you like you said, it's that blank canvas. And then exactly. what about if people are trying to make decisions on like expensive couches and beautiful dining tables? How do you fit that all in? Or do you, do you have a measured approach to that as well? Yeah, so I guess with our first house, we had some money within our renovation budget for furnishings and we brought them over here. Now saying that like we want to change the couch, we've got kind of two living spaces. We want to change the couch in one of them. That is just now, I guess we're like a little bit older. We're happily going to like the couch we want is Nazusi. Is that how you pronounce it? Have you ever heard of that brand? They're just so fabulous. They're Italian. So we're just going to save up for it, basically. But, you know, I think there's certain things that you should spend money on. And it's your couch and it's your bed and mattress. And they're like the things that you just can't go wrong. I would say, like, don't rush it in terms of furniture. Mm. We we rushed our furniture in the last house. We just wanted to fill it. Um, And I do love the furniture we got, but I probably would have got different furniture. And I think I would rather have curated furniture that I loved and took my time with it. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, don't rush, I I guess. Yeah, don't yeah. I think you stuff. can. A lot of times, you can repurpose stuff you've had from before, family or friends, or even yeah. adverts. You could have a temporary couch until you yes. finish certain things. I agree completely. And like sometimes we just buy something, and it's what's trendy, and then yeah. you end up d- designing your home, and you're like, that actually doesn't go with the couch anymore. Oh, more. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't yeah. want to design your home around a sofa which you know the the home is going to outlast the the sofa we're going to wrap it up there I love everything you shared Uh, you have a very measured practical approach to even though when you started out you didn't know anything I love that you chose a mortgage that would leave you some room to be comfortable to phase the renovations to still have your lifestyle I love how practical you were with seeing the potential and selling your home at a good time and as your family needs we're going to require it and kind of anticipating that need rather than waiting until you were like 
oh my God, I'm going to lose my mind. We need more space. And I, I really like how you've taken your time with everything. And that, that's probably made it possible for you to rethink things, to be really smart with your money, to learn along the way rather than plunging in headfirst. Love all that. Thank yeah. you for sharing with us. And yeah, if anyone wants to follow along uh, on your journey with your second renovation, they can follow Lynn at my old, old brand new home. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a tongue twister on Instagram. Uh-huh. Yes. And Lynn is also pursuing a second career in interior design. So lots of exciting stuff there. And you can see a lot of things we didn't talk about, which are the kind of the design schemes in her house and how she's transforming the spaces one by one. So lots of exciting stuff there to keep an eye out for. Thank you for sharing all of the nitty gritty on the SEAI grant and all the behind the scenes that we often don't get to hear. So thanks so much, Lynn. No, I had great thanks. It was a lovely conversation. Thank you for tuning in to the Interiors Podcast. To learn more about our guests or anything we mentioned today, please refer back to the show notes. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at The Interiors Podcast or on my Instagram account, Tanya Neufeld Flanagan. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please subscribe, follow, leave a review, and share the podcast with friends and family. Thank you so much and see you here next time.